the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yesterday, we began a message called One God, One Mediator, One Ransom, and Politicians. It's a look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll continue that look here next on today's Abounding Grace with Gary Wagner. Here in America, we're great at compartmentalizing our faith and our politics. We we seldom get the two crossed, yet the Bible treats it as one and the same. Welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Gary Wagner takes us back to 1 Timothy chapter 2 as we continue a message called One God, One Mediator, One Ransom, and Politicians. It's all found in the first seven verses of chapter 2. Let's catch up with Pastor Gary right there as we continue today's Abounding Grace. Now it says, verse 3, that praying like this for kings, all civil officials, is so you can live a tranquil life in godliness. And it says, it is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. You know, God uses the civil magistrates, even sometimes you think, at least against his will, to save us from the consequences of evil in this world. Where would we be if everything was overtly anarchistic and there was no way to restrain crime and evil in this world? And as an ineffective as our civil government and other civil governments are in the world, many of them are not effective at restraining evil at all. Portland is a good example. Nevertheless, it is better with them than without them. So that's why it is acceptable in the sight of God. Paul says, I want you to pray for these civil leaders and kings, Timothy, not so much that I care about them, but Timothy, I love you. And I want to use these kings and civil officials in your life to protect you and keep your life quiet and your worship free. And he says, here's why. And he gives us four reasons why we are to pray for everyone and why it is acceptable in the sight of God that we even pray for public officials and kings. Because in verse 4, God our Savior. Now notice there the pronoun. It doesn't say God, everyone in the world's Savior. It says God, our Savior, the Savior of the church, desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, our Armenian brothers love that verse and the one following because it seems to say on the surface, if you take it out of context, That God desires for everyone in the whole wide world without exception to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And my friends, if that is true, and if God is God, 
then everyone in the whole wide world will come to the knowledge of the truth and no one is going to go to hell. But verse 4 doesn't say that. It says God desires everyone in the whole wide world to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's not what it says. It says that God desires all men to be saved. Right? Not that all men in the whole wide world, but that all men be saved. Now, when you see a phrase used more than once in a passage of Scripture, you're going to assume it means the same thing each time. And that phrase has already been used in the first verse. Remember where it says, First of all, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority. And we saw it would be ridiculous If what that meant was, we are to pray for everyone in every phone book, in every town and village and city in the world. He's saying, I want you to pray for all kinds of people, including kings and all kinds of kings. So when you come to verse 4, you're going to assume that that all men means the same thing. That God, our Savior, desires all kinds of men to be saved and all kinds of men to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, we're not reading into Scripture something we want it to say. We are trying to interpret it in a plain sense of the word. Remember how I talked about all of the vegetables. Look at all of these vegetables. And we're not saying every single vegetable that the farmers market. We are saying, look at all the different kinds of vegetables. Pray for all men, all kinds of men, even kings and all kinds of kings. Why? Because God desires all kinds of people to be true. And that is true. The elect do not come from one group, one nationality, one race, one language, one era. We come from every kind of people all over the world throughout history. Turn to Revelation chapter 5. Please. I'm going to misread a verse. And you tell me how I misread it. Because a lot of people don't catch this. And it's because of their presuppositions. Verse 9 of Revelation 5. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy art thou thou to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood every tribe, people, tongue, and nation. Do you see how I misread that? Now, our Arminian brothers would love for it to say that because that would bring Calvinism to an end once and for all. But it does not say that Christ purchased with his blood every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. It says he purchased for God with his blood men from or people out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. You see the difference? Jesus did not come to purchase with his blood every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, 
but he did come to purchase with his blood for God people out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. All kinds of people. Christ did not shed his blood on the cross for, and God doesn't desire for everyone in the whole wide world to be saved without exception. God desires that all kinds of people be saved. Let me give you a biblical example of the way Paul is using the word all here. It says in the Gospels that all of Jerusalem came out into the wilderness to hear John the Baptist preach. All of Jerusalem? Do you think that means every single person in all of Jerusalem came out to hear John the Baptist preach? It was all kinds of people from every walk of life that came out to hear John the Baptist. And that is the way we should pray for all kinds of people and for all kinds of political officials because God desires all kinds of people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what Paul is saying is God desires all kinds of people. And he says in verse 5, for there is one God. And whatever that one God desires, he gets, right? Whatever he pleases, he does in earth and sea and all the deep places. For there is only one God, and that God is not Allah. He is not the God of Hinduism, Buddhism, or any other religion. He is the triune God of Holy Scripture. And beloved, there is no other God. And when that God wants something, he gets it. And if he wanted everyone in the whole world without an exception to be saved, everyone in the world would be saved or else God is a failure. So this cannot be used to support Arminianism. There is only one God, the creator of the universe, and this triune God is interested in all of his creatures. So... You and I have to take interest in all of his creatures. You pray for all kinds of people because God has an interest in all kinds of people. How do we know that? The word providence. What word is in providence? It is provide. And God provides for all of his creatures. He takes care of them. He preserves them. The only God there is takes care of all of his creatures. And that is a solid reason for praying for all kinds of people, including kings. He just doesn't save all people. Then Paul goes another, gives us another reason for praying. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. God steps into our lives, he saves us, brings us into a saving knowledge of himself through a mediator, and there is only one mediator. The only person qualified to be a mediator between man and God is Jesus. And a mediator is a go-between. God is angry with man because of his sin. Man is full of hostility toward God. Because of his sin. Jesus Christ is the mediator. And what Jesus did in his 33 years on earth was remove God's anger toward sinners. And he removed the hostility of sinners toward God. 
and reconciled them as friends. Now, I'm going to misread verse 5. I don't want you to look at it. I want you to close your Bibles. I want to see if you can remember what it says. And I hate to tell you this, but the Westminster Confession of Faith also misquotes this verse. Here is the misquotation. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Does anyone know how I misquoted it from memory? There is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It doesn't say man. It says men. That Jesus Christ didn't come to be the mediator between God and everyone in the whole wide world. I mean, how, different, how many different ways can he make the point in these verses? He is a man, and as a man, he is the mediator between God and men, and he came to reconcile God with men out of all kinds of men, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. He goes even further. Here's another reason why we pray for everyone. Verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. And our Arminian brothers love that too. Because on the surface, if you take it out of context, then Christ gave himself as a ransom for everyone in the whole wide world without exception. But there's that word all again. And there will be a consistency of the way it is interpreted throughout a text. We pray for all kinds of men. We pray for all kinds of kings. God desires all kinds of men to be saved. And he gave his life as a ransom for all kinds of different people. What is a ransom, by the way? I'm sure you've watched a movie or read a book where someone is kidnapped and kidnappers demand a ransom, a payment to return the person that's been kidnapped. So the ransom price is the price you pay to deliver someone out of a type of slavery. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our ransom. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for all. No, it says for many. He paid the price on the cross to set us free from the slavery of our sins. And if he gave his life as a ransom for everyone in the whole wide world, guess what? Then everyone in the whole wide world would be saved or else his redemptive work would be a failure. What did Jesus not say in John 10? I'm the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for my sheep and the wolves and the goats. No. He said, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved everyone in the whole wide world without exception and gave himself for her. Of course it doesn't say that. It says husbands are to love their wives as God loved his church. Not, and you better love everyone without exception like you love your wife. That is not what it says. It says husbands, love your wives just 
as Christ loved his church and gave himself for her, the church, only. In Matthew 1.21, it says, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save everyone in the whole wide world from their sins. <laughs> no. It says, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So you have the testimony of God throughout Scripture that those whom God chose and desires to be saved and whom God's son laid down his life as a ransom is for all kinds of people all over the world and throughout all history. But he did not lay down his life as a ransom to purchase for himself every single person that has ever lived. And you know that means to me that there will be no one in hell from whom Christ died. There will be people in hell, but there will not be anyone in hell that Jesus purchased for God with his blood. In fact, there is not the slightest possibility that those whom Christ laid down his life for as a ransom will ever, ever, ever be lost. As weak and as pathetic and as inconsistent as we are in our Christian life. If Christ has shed his blood for us, we will never be lost. And that is why your salvation rests on what he accomplished. And not on anything you do or did. Not on anything you are worth, but solely on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world filled with sinful people. And people say, why do you believe this? What, what about John 3.16? I mean, it seems to refute everything you've been saying about Christ, that he did not come to die for everyone without exception. When someone says that to you, tell them, I love John 3.16. That's one of my favorite verses. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. And they'll say, there it is. The world means world. World means every single person in the world without exception. And you ask, where do you get that in the Bible? The word world means a variety of things in Scripture. And if the word world means everyone in the whole wide world without exception, then what do you do with this verse that says, love not the world? Does that mean you're not supposed to love anyone in the world at all? No, when John uses the word world, more times than not it means mankind in rebellion against God without any reference to numbers. So John 3.16 is not talking about the quantity of God's love, how many he loves, but the quality of it. People say, see how big God's love is? He's able to love everyone in the whole wide world. Now, of course, God can. But when someone says that, it's like saying, come and watch the world's strongest man as he proves to the world how strong he is by bending over and picking up a pencil. What has this 
world's strongest man taught you about the measurement of his strength by picking up a pencil? Not a thing. What has the almighty God taught you about the measure of his love by loving everyone in the world? Nothing. The concern is not how big God's love is, but what is the love of God like? God so loved something as vile and as wicked and depraved as the world, mankind in rebellion against God, that he gave his only begotten son, that those who believe in him might be saved. What a love. So you see, that makes John 3.16 a far more precious verse than just trying to impress us with how big his love is. So there's our text today. We are called to pray seriously, consistently for all kinds of people in every walk of life, friends and enemies. We are to pray for all kinds of civil officials and politicians with the desire that God would so rule and overrule them that they would not interfere with the tranquility and quietude of our lives and that we would be able to worship him in godliness and in dignity. And the reason it is good to pray for all kinds of politicians and all kinds of people is because God desires all kinds of people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There's only one God, and that God has an interest in all of his creatures, so you and I must also. There's only one mediator between God and men, and that is the man, Christ Jesus, and he gave himself as a ransom for all kinds of people in every walk of life. So therefore, pray for all kinds of people in every walk of life, including politicians. Now, I want to just touch on verse 6 for a moment. The testimony given or born at the proper time, and for this I was appointed a preacher. What Paul is saying in that little phrase is this gospel of one God, of his sovereign desire, of the mediatorial work of the Lord Jesus Christ and his once for all ransom for us in our place on the cross is the heart and the soul of the preaching of the gospel that will change the world. And Nancy Pelosi said a few months ago, This impeachment must proceed, or 2020 is going to change civilization as we know it. I hope not just 2020 will change civilization as she knows it, where there is no protection for unborn babies, where homosexual marriages are legitimized, where socialism is being preached as the rule of the day, where our foundation is not Christianity but pluralism. In fact, I hope our present civilization falls to the ground and is trampled underfoot. But it is not going to be the election of a president in 2020 that is going to do it. So she certainly has the date wrong. It is going to be the preaching and the teaching and your witness bearing of this gospel of the one God who sovereignly desires all kinds of people to be saved who sent his son to be the one and only mediator between himself and man, and which mediator gave himself as a substitute in our place, taking the penalty we should have borne to buy us out of the slave market of sin. Beloved, it is that witness 
that will change civilization as the anti-Christians know it and will create again on this earth a better Christendom and a more consistent Christendom than we have ever, ever had before. Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.